It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now, we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Welcome to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. Here are Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda. Beautiful day for golf and for hockey. I'm actually at the Court of All Golf Course, Drew, getting ready for a sweet older golf tournament. But uh, we got to do our Stanley Cup playoff show. And before we get to that, uh, what an exciting day yesterday for the San Jose Sharks. That would be Monday, uh, the 8th of May, when the Sharks found out that they would be staying right where they are and drafting fourth. And I think overall, a day later, I think everybody's pretty happy with that. Yeah, the the top picks this year, it's a pretty, it's a deep draft. The top picks, uh, the first five, six guys, good opportunities to get a really strong player. There was only one switch, and that was Chicago moving up to the number one spot, Anaheim dropping down the number two spot. So Chicago will get Bedard, and Fantilli probably goes to Anaheim. But after that, there's still some quality young players uh, available to the Sharks. And a guy that will be – guys that they pick in this number four spot, a person that they pick, will be – a, a a player that will be part of the foundation of the rebuilding of the San Jose Sharks. It's it's a very good day for the Sharks. Plus, they've got another extra first round pick in there as well. Right, that's because of the trade with the, the New Jersey Devils for Timo Meyer, and that's going to give the San Jose Sharks a pick probably in the high twenties, Drew, depending on how things finish out here in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. So, and they've got some second round picks. This is a very important draft. And you talked about it yesterday when we were doing our review of, of the day, which you talked about the fact that um, Mike Greer now, this is his first real hands-in, wrist-deep, where his his vision of where the team needs to go will be put into motion. I thought that was a good point by you, and, and Mike is able to now start to shape the team in the way he wants. He did. He was able to do a lot this past season, but now he's really into it as far as building for the future. Well, there are a lot of teams doing a lot in the Stanley Cup playoffs too, oh, and uh, certainly some pretty interesting hockey games. New Jersey finally getting uh, on uh, the big goal-scoring run as they beat the Hurricanes 8-4, to and they get their first victory in the series. And, of course, in that game, from a San Jose Sharks perspective, we were paying attention finally to Timo Meyer. Luke Hughes after it, and he'll go cross ice for Severson. Up the center of the ice, it's off a Carolina stick into the hurricane zone. Mercer for Jack Hughes, skates behind the net, checked by Shea. Meyer goes for help, tries to warp around, and he scores! Puck came loose on the double team. Timo Meyer's on the board. The Devils lead 1 0. Isn't it amazing that Timo Meyer had no points in the first round and that was his very first goal of the playoffs? I mean, he's done a lot of really good things for the Devils in this playoff rounds, but uh, but that was his first time he's gotten rewarded. It kind of reminds me of the beginning of the year. Exactly, right? What do you have, 48 shots? He was leading the league in shots on goal and had zero goals. And by the way, don't you hate it when a color commentator just jumps in before the play-by-play guy and says he scores before the play-by-play guy does? <laughs> oh, yeah, that that's just like a cardinal sin, isn't it? That never happens anywhere else, does it? Never, never. Nobody ever does that except <laughs> in, in that situation. Um, we just can't let you guys do your job, can we? But oh, you're right. Funny. 
started the started the year off had more shots than anybody in the in the league at, at net or on net I should say and hadn't scored a goal but what did he do he kept do he kept working and working and working doing it kept shooting and shooting and shooting because he knew it was going to work because it had worked of course in the past what I liked about Timo and David Quinn brought this up during the season was he didn't let his uh, passion turn into frustration. And you saw it as well. I was reading an article today from New Jersey about the grit that Timo is providing the New Jersey Devils, uh, something that they thought they desperately needed. And he's played really well. You, you know, you and I watched him. We know how he plays. He's been playing that well, just hasn't put the puck in. But now, as we've seen with Timo, they come in bunches. And how about the grit that Captain uh, Jack Hughes, he's not oh. the captain, how Jack Hughes was showing in the game when he got involved. In fact, he, he showed grit that I don't even think the Devils broadcaster thought it was even him. Out high, Mercer looks around, wrist shot, it's blocked, and we're going to have a penalty as uh, it was a delayed call, and now it's Jack Hughes taken down at the side of the net. Oh, no, Meyer. it's Meyer. And he was battling, throwing some big right hands at Ajo. The Swiss against the Finn. Two oh, it of the is best Jack players. Hughes. It is Jack. <laughs> oh, it was Jack. Excuse me. Yeah. The American against the Finn. And Meyer was there too, but Jack is very heated. Well, you know, that does happen. You don't expect Jack Hughes to be getting involved in that. You, you know where the broadcast position is for, for radio uh, in, in some of these buildings, way, way up in a different zip code, Drew. But let me tell you something. Jack Hughes showed a lot, including a couple of plays like this. By far the devil's yes. best line. They bring yes. it. They brought it with energy. Yes. McLeod's found a little something. Whether or not it'll last beyond the playoffs, who knows? But he has found a little confidence in his game. Two on one for the Devils. It's used with Meyer to the trailer. Smith back to Jack. Shot score! Jack Hughes. It's two to nothing. Matty Lockman calling it for Devils audio. And you know what? Jack Hughes is really stepping up in this playoffs. And his brother Luke getting his first NHL experience yeah. doesn't look too bad either. That was really, that was cool. That was a neat, really neat moment. And of course, we know Quinn is uh, the oldest brother, um, plays for the Vancouver Canucks. When you watch Jack Hughes play, you bring up the, the scrum with Sebastian Ajo, not exactly two guys that you think are, you know, big, heavy, tough guys that get into that. But you uh, you know as well as anybody that in the playoffs, you do more. Checkers score. Scores check. Skilled guys get into scrums. They, they, the passion elevates. And it's kind of funny with the New Jersey Devils. I don't know what it is with them that they don't care about the first two games of a series. I don't no. know what it is. <laughs> and then they come out at home and they are they were lights out. When I when I watched New Jersey last game, that was the jersey we saw, Danny, when we were there earlier in the season, which was everybody, like five guys up on the rush, five guys pressuring, quick on the transition, highly skilled when they're around the net and being able to finish. And they were they were very impressive. And the games, I mean, the games were so fast, but the, the the scoring just, that was a crazy game as far as they had it in the bag, 6-2 going in the third period, but they they get a power play. They get a power play, right? Right. And Carolina scores two shorthanded goals on the same the, power play. The shorthanded situation in this game was unbelievable. Yeah. Was was a was a crazy game. It was just a gong show, and then <laughs> Jersey comes back and makes it eight four. It was 
the games have been so wild as far as the amount of goals being scored. It's over, it's over six a game collectively, which is unlike playoff hockey we've seen in a long, long time. But one thing that's also starting to happen in this playoffs is that the goaltending is beginning to either bubble to the surface as a matter of importance or the lack of goaltending in certain cases is definitely going in there. Now, Akira Schmidt played really, really well as a rookie in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but obviously he had a step back and in steps Vitek Vanacek, who was acquired to do exactly what he did in this particular game. You got to win the eight, four games too, or the six, five games along with those two, one nail biters and a couple of big saves by the veteran, especially this one on Natchez early. Devils lost the first two by a combined 11-2 score. Here's Martin Natchez with it, has a step on Kevin Ball. He moves in, his shot is pushed aside by Vanacek. And then Hamilton drives Natchez into the wall. Puck goes out of play. And when the score was 5-2 to two in favor of New Jersey, Vanacek had to come up big. This was a huge stop on Jesper Faust. Now quickly ahead. Tatar lets it roll behind the net. Played by Kochekov. It gets past Severson. Race on. It's a two-on-one for Carolina. In front. Foss with the redirect. Save made by Vanacek. Great counter by Carolina. And Vanacek with the stop. That's only the first of several examples we're going to give to you on this show today, Drew, about the goaltender making a big difference in the game. And how about the the fact that the guy who's not playing in net has to be ready to go in at any moment's notice. Vanacek getting the start, and he came through pretty well. We saw Vanacek start against the New York Rangers in the first series. And then Schmidt came in after Vanacek wasn't able to, to get the job done. Schmidt plays really well, plays great, gets them to that big game seven and they win. And now in this series, he's been, as you heard in that highlight, 11 to two, the Jersey Devils have been outscored. So they put Vanacek back in, they win. Look at the Florida series or look at Florida's first series. They they go with Lions. That doesn't work. Well, it didn't, not that it didn't work, but it wasn't, it, it, Paul, Paul Maurice looked at he need, he wanted a change. So he so he put in the $10 million guy, Bobrovsky. He comes in and he's playing lights out. He's playing like a $10 million goalie. We have seen goalies get switched in and out in this playoffs. And it's kind of different from what we normally see in the playoffs where coaches, this is my guy, I'm going to stick with him. But if you've switched goalies during the season back and forth and it's worked for you, why won't it work for you in the playoffs? I think coaches have kind of changed their philosophy a little bit and it seems to be working. It really does, and and we're seeing this in several other series as well. But this one, Devils Hurricanes, Drew. What are your thoughts about how this is going to go with Carolina up two one? My my thinking is Carolina is one of the best teams at recovering from disappointments in the league. They are. I agree with you. Their penalty kills dynamite. They don't allow very many goals except last game. Um, Brent Burns is playing lights out. I I have a little issue with or concern with when it comes to Carolina about their play on the road. I don't know why they're so inconsistent. Their road play in the playoffs isn't very good. They thought they had exercised those demons last series in round one, um, but they're not, they're, 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 you watch them play. They're definitely not the same team on the road as they are at home. They don't initiate as much on the road. And I think that needs to change. When you look at it with the, with the Carolina Hurricanes, though, I still think they're the more talented team. I'd agree with that. It's going to be a fascinating series. We continue now with the Stanley Cup Playoff Report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. We move on to the Toronto Maple Leafs, Florida Panthers series. Drew, what can you say about the way things have gone here? 
when you don't have your big guy show up for a series, you don't have a big chance at winning. You've got four guys on the Toronto Maple Leafs in this series who have zero goals and four assists combined. And combined, they get paid $40 million. Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and Nylander. So when you have those four guys not being able to be of impact in the first series against Tampa, I think they had 34 points combined. They had they were plus 22 or something like that. In this series, they've got zero goals, four assists, and they're minus 10. The Florida Panthers are shutting those big guys down, but they're shutting everybody down by the way they play. This is really, this is the one series you look at and go, okay, this is playoff hockey because of the low scoring games and the closeness of the games. But Florida has been in playoff mode for a long time, trying to make the playoffs. Remember when, you know, I'll go back to this. You and I talked to Paul Maurice in Florida after, and he told us right. that when they came into training camp, they needed to change the way they played. Yes, they were President's Trophy winners last year, but the way they won the President's Trophy was just outgun you. And that doesn't work in the playoffs. So he had to change, they had to change the team's thoughts and process and scheme of how they win games. And they have become a relentless five-man check, 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 check team. And it's led by by Matthew Kachuk. Kachuk is a as a monster out there. He's relentless. He drags teams into the his team into the fight. And they got a lot of um, well, you can't swear, but you know what in their game. Blank you in their game, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys who play with that and something that David isn't, isn't that isn't that isn't that Kachuk's middle name? Yeah. <laughs> Matthew Blank you Kachuk. I yes, mean, that's the I way he it. plays every day. That's the way he plays. And you've got Ekblad, Gudis, Barkov, who's the quietest mean guy on the planet out there on the on the ice. You've got Bennett, Reinhardt. They play with an edge, and 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 that edge has overtaken the skill of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But game three started out with Toronto not yeah. getting goals from people like Matthews and Marner, but Sam Lafferty, who's had a couple of big goals against the Sharks this season, came up big early. And it'll be pried free by Morgan Riley, and Riley now gets the pass to center and banks it ahead. Another two-on-one. Here's a chance for David Cabot, but they score! The Leafs draw first blood. David Kemp makes a great pass. Lafferty is there to jam it home, and the Maple Leafs are on the board, one to nothing. The perfect pass, the perfect finish before Bobrovsky can get over. Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph with the call there. The problem is, is the Toronto Maple Leafs had a goaltending issue right after that. Marner sends Matthews away. He one-hands it, but can't get it in, and now a lead stretch pass. Right wing side and a shot, pad save, rebound! And then net is sprawled in behind, and Samsonov is down. We might have a penalty coming up as well. I think Florida's going to get the first power play, but Ilya Samsonov, the linesman have just signaled for the trainers to come onto the ice. I'm not sure exactly what the injury is to Samsonov. Maybe left pad? That or yeah, the, the goal post almost him. dissected him in half here as he went backwards into it. He is still down on his face and has not really moved too much. Now getting up on his haunches. 
Was, we'll see. Well, what they saw was he had to leave the game, and Joseph Wall came in for his Stanley Cup playoff debut. And, you know, Drew, one of the things I didn't ask Craig Button on our Stanley Cup, I should say on our draft show, is uh, what the Sharks should do about goaltending. We talked to Mike Greer a little bit about the fact that they signed Georgiev, they've signed Krona. These are two big goalies with, with a prospect. But this kid, Joseph Wall, might be one of the young goaltenders you never know that might be available um, with uh, with the right price going back the other way, if the Sharks elect to make a trade over the summer, I thought he did a really good job when he stepped in. He did. Well, we'll go back to it. So Luke Shin, uh, good kid from Saskatoon, he's working like crazy to come back. He dives on the ice and the slams into the left shoulder of Samsonov. Samsonov goes off, shoulder injury. Um, the status for him in game four is unclear right now. The way he was skating off the ice, Danny, I thought he separated his shoulder. Um, Because that's where Luke, who's a big kid, slammed into him. Wall comes in, and there is a stat. And I've been researching this ever since I heard it. Chris Cuthbert on Sportsnet said that Wall was trying to be the first goaltender since Terry Sawchuk in 1967 to come in in relief in a playoff game and win the game. Really? That's what he said. Or does he mean for Toronto? I He didn't say that part. Wow. So I was, wow, are you kidding me? Really? And so maybe maybe he meant for Toronto, but I'm telling you, what a, like, honestly? So I've been looking and looking and looking, couldn't find it. But Walt couldn't get it done, but he did play very, very well. I, he he is a, a young goalie who's got some ability without a doubt. But for the Sharks and and their, their goaltending um they need to just strengthen the position, whichever way they can do it, where they have to do it through free agency, through trade. They need to strengthen that position. We all know that. And don't be surprised if they draft a goaltender at some right. point in the draft when that happens in 2023. In this case, Wall played well, as you said, Drew. Very but good. Florida, very relentless. Maple Leafs were up 2-1 to one in the game, and here comes the Panther attack. Markov in the far circle. Backhands out the line. Mahura across. Radko Gudis. Long shot tip. They score! It took a deflection on the way, and this game is tied with 7.32 to go in the second. 2-2 is the score, and Verhage was out in front. Looks like he made contact with it. This game is all not enough. about Carter Verhage? What a career he's had, and what a season. That's a, a pretty important play to make it 2-2 and that was Doug Plagans calling it for Panthers radio and we'll stick with him as the guy that I picked to score the game winner before their overtime started <laughs> Sam Reinhardt would get it Reinhardt here on the near wing back pedals a bit towards center then heads in over the Toronto line up the right side a long shot wide rims around Anton Lundell down behind the net Reinhardt wraps around he scores Sam Reinhardt the overtime winner and the Panthers take a three games to none lead in this series against Toronto. What an amazing goal that was for Sam Reinhardt. And, of course, on the other side of the ice, Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph weren't quite as excited. And now a lead pass by the Panthers gets to the lead blue line. Reinhardt trying to work in over the line, does to the right wing side, banked it around back of the net to the far side. Lundell back around, around it, but they score! A wraparound from behind the goal. And Sam Reinhardt has won game three and put the Leafs 
on the verge of elimination as they are now down three to nothing in this series. Wow. I mean, it's always interesting to see the contrast between the two yeah. sides calling the action. And of course, uh, devastation in Toronto, because, you know, when you're down three games to nothing, you're in major trouble. And it's only a miracle that's uh, going to allow you to come back. But uh, as we know, in Sharks history, it's possible. Four times in 201 tries, a team has come back from 3 nothing. Uh, unfortunately, the Sharks were part of that on the wrong side. The interesting thing about that goal was Simon Reinhardt makes a really nice play at the blue line. He gets it, comes back up the ice, and then turns it. Just a little turn, but gives him some time. Puck goes round. During that time in the neutral zone, Florida makes a terrific change. They jump on the – Lundell comes on the ice, and he races into the zone locks the board, seals the boards, gets that puck. And you know that's a play that they work on in practice. Danny, we watched the Sharks do it. Rim the puck around, freeze it, fire it back away from pressure. Reinhardt's coming full speed, and Wall's looking to his left, and Reinhardt comes out to right, and there's no chance for Wall on it. What a terrific play that was. But the interesting thing about that is Florida being up 3 nothing, obviously, against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who the Toronto Maple Leafs get past that first round against Tampa. They hadn't done that in 19 years. And all the fans are excited. The team's excited. Everybody's excited. They finally did it. And then they don't have to run into Boston, the team who had the best record in the regular season in the history of the National Hockey League. And the fans are chanting, we want Florida. We want Florida in the, in the Maple Leaf Square right outside the rink. Big, big chants go up. It goes across the internet. And so... You don't get the old gunslinger who ruled the rest, the West. Who you get is the young guy who just beat him. And here comes the Florida Panthers. And apparently Florida Panthers fans, as they were walking out of the rink, uh, when the Florida Panthers won in overtime, their own fans started chanting, ironically, to the Toronto Maple Leaf fans, we want Florida. We want Florida. So be careful what you wish for. But it's still, you're right, it is only... Three nothing. We know it takes four to win a series. We continue now with the Stanley Cup playoff report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. We move on to the Dallas Stars and Seattle Kraken series. Drew, who would have believed that the Kraken could muster up a seven to two win in game three and take a two games to one lead in the series? It's it's nuts. Now remember, this is the team that scored the most five on five goals uh, this year. Even though Boston was as good as they were, they scored two hundred nine five on five goals this season. We talked about crack the Kraken all the time. Who is their top line? I don't know. Don't know. They, they, they've all got a bunch of fourth line or sorry, all a bunch of second line guys who play like first line guys. And there's no break with that team. The team, the way that Dave Haxtell's got that team playing, is terrific to watch everybody's up. They play a lot to me like the Florida Panthers. They are relentless in their pressure. They track back or recover better than anybody in the National Hockey League. They they stand up at their own zone, but they are, as we saw when the Sharks were there early in the year, they can score and they can score in bunches. And they did that last game. Jake Ottinger, who I think is a great young goaltender. I think he's going to be the next great American goalie. I think he's going to be the next great goalie in the NHL. Had a tough night. He really did, and that was the other goaltending example I wanted to talk about, the fact that Ottinger, who is an outstanding netminder, is having a tough series here so far. That uh, was his worst night so far of the Stanley Cup. He faced a total of 25 shots, and he gave up uh, seven goals total, including this one uh, to Carson Soucy. 
Near circle, Susie shot, scores! The Seuss is loose! Carson Susie from the left circle goes up the pads of Ottinger and in. This roof has blown off. It's a 3-0 cracking lead. 13-30 left here in the second. Score a goal. Yes, I can. Yes, I can, because I'm the man. The Seuss is loose. Everett fits you a little bit excited there, but everybody's excited in Seattle, Drew, and it reminds me of 1994, doesn't it? It does. It was interesting after uh, Carson Seuss, he scored that goal. He skates by Dallas bench, and he chirps them big time, like chirping them. And you can do that when you're up like that. Um, the The excitement level in Seattle is, is certainly reminiscent of the times that we had our first playoffs in San Jose and that, that great loud building and how the fans were so into it and behind the San Jose Sharks and you know, creating upsets, beating Detroit and then going against Toronto and almost beating them. It is very reminiscent of those times. The the Dallas Stars, they they got to find a, a, a gear, Danny. That to me, when you watch Seattle play, I, I don't know what word to use. The urgency, the passion, whatever you want. I, I don't talk about desire because both teams desire the same thing. Both teams want to win. Uh, you know, they wanted it more as one of the dumbest sayings in sports when you're talking about two teams going after each other. Everybody but wants it. Yeah, exactly. But there is a uh, there's that next level that we talk about, that mythical next level that that we've seen Seattle inch toward, and we're not seeing the response from the Dallas Stars. It's more of they're waiting to get involved instead of initiating. One thing that you need if you want to get a, another gear, if you're Dallas coach Pete DeBoer, is you want Miro Haskinen to be on top of his game. Problem is he only played 11 minutes, got hit with that uh, awful-looking play that got him up up high in the cheekbone uh, right underneath the visor. And uh, in practice, he talked about Haskinen potentially coming back. You know, you, you don't replace a guy like that, right? I mean, and, you know, in, a, in, a, in our group, he's really unique just because, you know, he has those skills. We don't have three or four guys like that, you know, and uh, I mean, no one, no one in the league does, but, but, you know, he's the one guy on our team that, uh, you know, really makes plays under pressure to, to create offense starting in our own end of the ice. You know, he has that ability and, you know, it's special and unique. And, you know, if, uh, if he's not in the lineup, we'll miss that. But, that's this time of year. You know, you've got a next man up and someone be ready to go. Well, Dallas and Seattle playing on Tuesday night in game number four with Seattle leading the series two games to one. And I know Joe Pavelski gets a lot of attention for all the obvious things he does, Drew, but a lot of it is generated by Haskinen on the point. So they're going to really miss him if he can't go. Yeah, the tough thing about that, he gets hit in the face, the puck drops right in the crease, and Jordan Edwards right there to score. So it was a, a double whammy. You do you don't replace Haskinen. It, 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 the shot took him. It put him right down and it will put any man down. It was a tough thing to watch. So how do you get victory back? Well, Pete DeBoer talked about that. Best laid plans, right? You want to make sure, you know, we, we didn't want to lose an overtime game one, right? And uh, probably had some opportunities and, and maybe even deserved to win game one, you know, uh, similar to the Minnesota series. You know, we wanted to, we talked about coming uh, into game three and not making the same mistake we did in the Minnesota series, and we did. So that's on us. We, we fell into that trap again. 
Um, having said that, we we get a split here, win a game tomorrow, and we've got home ice back. So that's the goal. Well, that is the goal. And, of course, Jake Ottinger is going to have to be better, and Coach DeBoer talked about him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's a combination of, of things, you know. I, I think during the season when we've had stretches like that, Jake's bailed us out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was a perfect storm last night. We didn't play great. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't help us like he usually does. So, um you know, I, I think in this league, at the end of the day, most nights you get what you deserve, and we deserve to lose. Whether Jake would have stole us a game or not, you know, mm-hmm. I think I think the the right team won. We've got to fix that. Well, they probably will fix it, but it's an interesting series. Yeah, it really is. I like that though from Pete DeBoer. I, in 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 the NHL, you usually get what you deserve. I 100% agree. And they didn't deserve to win that game, and also that's a message very well done by Pete DeBoer saying to his team without saying to his team, we got to be way better guys. We got to be, we got to, we want it more. We got to, we, we got to play within ourselves. We got to want to be our best and we haven't been so far. Got about a minute left in the show, Drew. And I want to talk about Vegas and Edmonton. Laurent Brassois, who used to play for the Edmonton Oilers has been having really a strong playoff as the sort of surprise starting goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights, given all the injuries that they've had this season. But unfortunately he went down with what looked like a serious injury. And I know, you know, a lot about him. He has had hip problems in his career and things did not look good. Aiden Hill, former shark getting into the playoffs and Vegas getting the lead, but uh, just give us your thoughts about where that series is going and what that means for Vegas to lose Brassois. Well, Aiden came in and played very, very well. We know Aiden. Aiden's got a lot of swagger, right? He came in and played with some swagger and played very, very well. Laurent made a terrific save uh, off McDavid, but then couldn't get up again. And even he had to be helped off the ice. We tried to get back up on his feet, had tried to get back up and couldn't. Has fought the injury bug with the hip and groin for in almost his entire career. I don't know if it means that much to Vegas, Danny, in the way that they're playing, because Aiden played well. And let's remember, they do have Jonathan Quick as another backup. So they've gone through goalies this year like crazy, the Vegas Golden Knights, and they still finished atop the division. They still they, they have, and we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. That's all the time we have for our show today. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.